Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. What's up, everybody? It's Zach Clark. Before we jump into today's episode, I've got a favor to ask. Subscribe to and rate the Daily J podcast. These kinds of things are super helpful. If you like what you hear, or if you don't like what you hear, rate The Daily J, and if you love it, subscribe. The Daily J is found wherever you get your podcasts. All right, on to the pod. While the term District Detroit does have a specific meaning, for some Detroiters, it represents unkept promises. In terms of how they've been successful and how they believe a place like District Detroit should be successful. And it's a learning curve, and unfortunately, it's come at great expense. The Illich family and their related companies have a new plan for the area around Little Caesars Arena. But is it anything more than a plan? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Olympia Development is a company owned by the Illiches, who of course own Little Caesars, along with the Detroit Red Wings and Tigers, a very famous name in Detroit. Last month, the family proposed a plan for District Detroit. It's about a 50-block area along Woodward on the north end of downtown. We're thrilled, obviously, to have the opportunity to bring a development of this size to the city of Detroit. $1.5 billion in investment, bringing over $2 billion worth of economic impact offering the level of affordability that we're doing in the the housing side, as well as the amount of historic redevelopment that we're doing. We're really excited about this. And it's all been kind of pulled together based on 250-plus community meetings and, and individuals we met with to help inform us on what they're looking for in a project of this nature. That is the voice of Keith Bradford. He's the president of Olympia Development. Here's the thing, though. This is not the first time Olympia has promised to build out District Detroit. Renderings first came out in 2014 of what the neighborhood would look like upon completion. But very little of that first proposal has materialized. So how is the community reacting this time? Here is Olympia Development's VP of Government and Community Affairs, Ryan English Barnhill, speaking with WWJ's Brooke Allen. Our plans have been informed by the community, and just to answer their needs so far, we're bringing forth that deep affordable housing. This project includes 18,000 jobs, 12,000 construction, 6,000 permanent jobs. That has already come out of the engagement sessions that we've done so far. We're hoping to get even more information uh, and really address the community needs through these projects. Would you say the community has been skeptical or welcoming about these plans? 
I would say if I had to characterize it, cautiously optimistic. I, I feel like that's what it means to be a Detroiter, right? Uh, and so we've been met with lots of enthusiasm, some really great questions that have just made our plans sharper and sharper. And so we are met with lots of excitement and hopefulness for the next wave of development. Cautiously optimistic. That's the term Ryan used. While Ryan is a member of the community, she also works for Olympia. So I called Francis Gruno. He was the first chairman of the Neighborhood Advisory Committee the first time the district was proposed. If we play word association, when I say District Detroit, what do you think? What comes to mind for you? Well, it was a vision and ultimately a sales pitch. And right now it's an unfulfilled idea that has really fallen far short of what was promised to people. And what's really a shame and what we have to think about from like a public policy perspective is that there's a lot of taxpayer money tied up in this. And people have done votes in terms of public officials from the community side, seen and heard things that they want to believe. But in the meantime, so little of it has actually been realized. And now hundreds of millions of dollars of public investment in this project. So the question remains, is District Detroit worthy of such a large public investment. So this is District Detroit round two, right? Well, Keith from Olympia says this version, while different from the original, does have some similarities to the first time around. As you look at some of the buildings or the developments that we announced today, there are some that were in those plans previously, such as the American Hotel being a residential site, that historic renovation there, the Detroit Life Building being another, the hotel site that you saw were all part of those original plans. But this new plan has been enhanced and informed, as we said, by the community and and those outreach efforts, but also the significance, and I can underscore this, the Center for Innovation that we're bringing with the University of Michigan. We already have a great educational component with Wayne State at the Mike Hillett School of Business, but the combination of an educational anchor for the district in connection with the already great entertainment venues we have really took an opportunity for us to relook at things. While plans for 700 residential units, over a million square feet of office space, 100,000 square feet of retail, and over 400 hotel rooms sounds great, Francis says he's heard this before, and it even predates the first District Detroit. Some of them have actually been around in some form for even longer, in fact, much longer. You could say it's tied to even the time between when the Illiches moved Little Caesars down to the Fox and Comerica Park, so like from the mid-90s. Those blocks to the immediate east of the Fox Theater, now between Comerica Park and the Fox, were part of the original Foxtown vision, and those have come up again in these more recent plans. But, you know, some of the specific buildings, the Old American Hotel, those were around more recently with the District Detroit announcement coming out of 2014 and into 2017 was the big sort of like, these are the buildings that we're going to take on and we're going to create, you know, 700 or 800 or 900, whatever the number at that time was, apartments. And, um, you know, we've seen a lot of this before. 
Companies like Olympia get big government tax breaks because, in theory, what they build will bring revenue to the city. But people like Francis aren't so sure it's worth it. District Detroit, where the thing that was built was the LCA, and you know, it was supposed to be this catalyst to all this other development at taxpayer expense. Well, they've used that word catalyst you know, for the last 20, 30 years. You know, Fox Theater and Little Caesars moving down was supposed to be a catalyst. Comerica Park, built at taxpayer expense, was supposed to be a catalyst. Little Caesars Arena, built in the mid-2010s, was supposed to be a catalyst. And now the Detroit Center for Innovation, which is the thing that is driving these announcements, you know, they're also talking about it as a catalyst. As I understand the word catalyst, it means one event that spurs all of this stuff. And I believe that that word is being a bit abused over time to get access to more of these incentives and tax abatements that really, I think, need to be evaluated in terms of their long-term benefit. There has been a lot of talk about community input. Going back to Ryan from Olympia for a minute, she insists that the community's needs have been considered. In fact, she says they're driving the project. I'd like to just drop in another piece that was shaped by the community, what we're calling our 5E framework. And it really is our core values and sort of our guiding values for this next wave of development. And those 5Es are areas we believe we can effectuate change for Detroiters, and that's through education, employment, economic inclusion, environmental justice, and engagement. And we're using these as our core values and really hoping that the community fills in for us how we should be engaging with them in these five E's. So what does Francis think about the new proposal? After all, he's been watching it unfold for almost a decade now. I'm always hopeful about it. I don't want District Detroit or the lower cast corridor to languish. Yet, I know that they own upwards of 60% of the parcels there. So the future is in their hands. So I hope that to some degree they can be successful and realize what the vision that they've laid out. Bringing in related companies is a pretty substantial thing. And Related has actually done development in other places. Related also heavily relies on tax abatements and incentives too. And so whether the Detroit Center for Innovation is going to be kind of another LCA or Comerica Park remains to be seen. But I do think that we're making progress. But man, it's not rocket science and it shouldn't be this hard, especially with billionaire actors. We have to figure out a way to get their investment going more quickly so that it really builds the kind of place that we all believe District Detroit can be. Should our governmental entities loan billionaires money? Just like when we talked about Dan Gilbert in a previous episode, that's not up to me. I don't have that power. But it does seem logical that Detroiters want a return on their investment. Will they get one? Only time will tell. But how much time? Thanks to my colleague Brooke Allen for her reporting, and thanks to Francis Gruno for chatting with me. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Southfield. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.